Counterculture Comic Podcast, and this week we're talking about what seems like Lost the Comic Book with Bodies from Vertigo. Then we'll look at another Becky Cloonan one-off with The Mire. Then we'll just talk some bullshit about TV shows and what we're watching and not watching, because, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about as much we can put together in this uh, morning. Yeah, here we go. Woo! I'm Nick Emsley. I'm Brock Boshap. Uh, first things first. Doctor Strange trailer dropped. That's not a TV show. Yeah, it's not a TV show. That's actually um, that goes on the big screen that you pay eleven dollars to go. Yeah, watch. you lied. You lied to me. I lied. You said, you said we were going to talk some. To quote Phil BS Collins, TV it's shows. all just a pack of lies. So, people are really excited about this trailer, and I love Doctor Strange. I'm glad that Marvel is dipping into this well because. Uh, there's a lot of potential to break away from the comedy slash superhero aspects and go more superhero-y. The trailer didn't do much for me, but I'm excited for the film. I like Benedict Cumberbatch uh, as Strange. I'm just a bit disappointed, I guess, that it is another, or at least it appears to be another origin story. I was hoping oh. I was hoping we would skip that because in Avengers, no, in uh, Winter Soldier, there is a, a reference of the people who they are watching, and Stephen Strange is one of the people. So I was hoping that he, it would just kind of pick up running, and we wouldn't have to wait half a movie to see Doctor Strange be Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It, it seems like the uh, they've got a uh, formula that yeah. they kind of want to stick to, sure. and that's you know, start with origins. They're confident enough that they'll be able to keep it going. So they think that they can just uh, roll into uh, at least a few more movies with Doctor Strange from there. And then, you know, movie where he meets up with other people and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I think it's I'm not I'm just not surprised. No, they've I'm not a, surprised. They've got, either. Formula, they've got a formula and it works for them. Yeah. And it's not like they've created a bad movie thus far. So. I understand the formula, and I'm not, I'm not knocking them for it. I just kind of would like to see a full movie pick up with Doctor Strange being Doctor Strange. But versus, that... versus, have you? I mean, have you watched the? Uh, have you watched Warner Brothers lately? Is <laughs> where it's like they're all running around with the alarm. The alarm bells are going off. Yeah, run around. Move this movie. Move this movie. Reshoot something here. <laughs> oh my god! The fact that they had to go back and write in more humor to Suicide Squad is a giant indication of what the fuck are you people doing over there? Suicide Squad. It's a bunch of bad guys who are borderline insane getting together and being forced to accomplish a goal for the government and you didn't write humor into this the first time (laughs) how else does this movie exist it has the joker and harley quinn as two main characters and it's not going to be at least kind of funny my god although on the upside it appears that the batfleck movie is going forward which Huzzah! He was the one truly good part of Batman v Superman, and seeing uh, Affleck write the script, direct the film, and stars Batman. Hey, you know what? Kudos! That's a lifelong dream for that dude. 
it, you know, I don't know if it would have happened if they hadn't screwed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm so glad because I mean the uh, I mean he's I mean he's got he's got directing chops. He's, yeah, he sure I does. Mean, his his first Oscar was for writing. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm all uh, on board. I, I, I'm 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 all on board. The uh, uh, I mean, I never really thought the. I mean the crit- the criticism initially of him taking on the role was 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 silly. Um so yeah, he but he's uh he was a great he was a good fine Batman and if we can take, you know, give him uh some room to breathe the uh you know, in his own in his own movie with hopefully a you know, a different kind of touch. I mean, they've already painted that world so dark, so I don't know how I mean Batman is dark. But I, I want to see it. I want to see how it could be dark and not be uh, joyless. You know, you know, yeah, not be joyless and not be Christopher Nolan's. Yeah, and I'm hoping that because Affleck is such a Batman fan that we're going to see something interesting, like maybe the Red Hood story from the comics, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. But there's a lot of comic book Batman stories, and we've never seen a comic book Batman story. I'll. I mean, there's been several good Batman films, but there's never been a story directly yanked from the comics. And maybe that'll happen, and that makes me happy. I liked everything that happened with uh, Ben Affleck being cast in the role and the performance he gave, and I'm insanely happy for the guy. Yeah. The uh, We'll see. I, I, I imagine they'll probably go for... I, I know, since they seem to like to go for things lately that have, like... Uh, like series that have names on them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the uh, they'll probably go like maybe they'll go like Hush or something. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's so many Batman stories, and you know, just grab one and make it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, so we'll I haven't see haven't been excited for a Warner Brothers or DC Comics based film in a long time. And I'm on board with this. Yeah, the uh, it's it's. I mean that, and I mean we, we all want to see Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I'm excited about Wonder Woman. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm excited about Wonder Woman because the, because Wonder Woman seemed like one of the better parts of Batman v Superman. Yeah, for sure. But the but I mean, I I'm still it's still like a cautious optimism just simply because of uh, the. Uh, where they've gone with the world so far. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, we'll see. But uh, the, speaking of films, that I have started my annual rewatching of all the MCU movies because Civil War is coming. And I don't know if you've heard about the critics' response to early screenings. Everyone uh, is saying maybe the best movie yet, which ooh. I can't and believe that i mean i don't know how this movie is going to be more awesome than winter soldier but i am fully on board and i can't wait for this movie you know i had a the uh, i've been shutting out every new trailer that they put out um because I, I i'm already gonna see the movie yeah yeah 
so I don't I don't need to see anymore. Yeah, I haven't read any of the articles. I've just seen a few tweets from people who saw the movie and they're just raving about it. And these are these are critics. They're not just fans who have seen it. So I would hope that there's at least some modicum of you know temperance behind their enthusiasm. I hope so. Yeah, uh, but I imagine there's. I mean, I, the uh, they've done great so far. There's really a lot leading into this movie. So, I mean, they, well, they kind of they set it up in in Age of Ultron and a, a little bit in in Winter Soldier. So, um, the uh, I think since they've done so well with those kind of setups, that yeah, I, I, I expect that they'll hit it out of the park. Yeah, but and the Russo brothers are directing it, and they did Winter Soldier, and then after this, I believe they go to do the uh, next two Avengers films which Marvel couldn't be doing anything more right. It's just <laughs> insane how how well, they nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Except for except for supposedly the um except for Marvel TV. I mean actual broadcast TV. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm speaking exclusively about the film stuff and we'll talk about Marvel TV a little bit later during the break cuz I have a fair amount to say about some of their shows. <laughs> All right. So uh does that mean we're going into reviews? Um, not quite yet. I'm actually. Um, you got more am, shit to say? Yeah, I got. I always got more shit to say, man. Um, I am actually hiring an artist to write a book, and this is a kind of surreal experience. Or to not, write a book. Or yeah, I'm. It? Yeah, I'm hiring an artist to write a book because my ability to delegate tasks is absolute shit. Okay. So, um, it's just surreal. Like, um, I mean, man, this is so much harder than I thought it'd be. And, I mean, it's kind of forced, though, because I need to keep creating stuff, and I have a full-time job for the short term, which means I I have excess money, but no time. So, I'm hoping that I will have something released in about three months. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So I'm sure I will keep updating as the podcast goes along. Well, cool. I need you to let me know of your your artist hiring experience. Yeah, and it's going to be a long project. It's going to be a you know, year of part-time work for them. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of intimidating. But oh well. I don't have the time to draw a full book by myself anymore. You gotta be a working stiff. I do. Well, not really, but it's just kind of nice having, you know, a lot of extra money coming in that I did not have before. So, do you want to so, talk about bodies? Uh, sure, sure. Let's do it. Okay, mm-hmm. bodies is. <laughs> Okay, let's do this, folks. The uh, are, are, is that you summoning like your? Uh, what is it? Oh, damn it! I lost what you would call those goddamn. Oh. <laughs> okay, we are on our A game today, folks. On our A game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, ju- I'm just I, I as just... bad. 
I just had audio come through my speakers from something else completely threw me off. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I I had another uh, – I had a voice chat program on from oh, okay. uh, for something else, and somebody just spoke into my ear. Nice. And uh, that could be Im- – incredibly disorienting <laughs> oh yeah i've had uh autoplay ads kick up before because i keep my browser open so that i can reference tabs and stuff while we're talking and uh yeah i've had autoplay ads and i'll be like sweet the new swiffer's out and totally mid-sentence like lose it nothing anyway yeah so bodies so, yeah bodies bodies comics a vertigo comics. book Okay, four detectives, four time periods, and four dead bodies, all set in London, and all the focus of this limited series by Vertigo. Artists Dean Ormstrom, Phil Winslade, Megan Hetrick, and Tula Lote join writer C. or Cy Spencer for a murder mystery spanning the past, present, and future. Now, the first volume of this is long. Um, It's eight issues, a little over 200 pages. And the description is vague, but I don't know if I can give you a better description than that. These four time periods, people uh, in four time periods, 1890s, the 1940s, just right uh, beginning of World War II, 1940s. So uh, I, the airstrikes in Britain from Germans are in full force. 2014 modern day, and then 2050. And all the bodies are found in the exact same position. And there's this mysterious double H symbol that appears throughout the story. And that's about as much as I got on this book. Um, It jumps around constantly between these time periods. And I was hoping that through 200 pages, I would have a little bit more of a foundation of what the F was going on. Um, yeah, I got an idea towards the end of where it was going. One thing I, I, I had a problem with is I, as I got through the first, the first issue is I was like, man, if I just pick this up as the first issue, I don't know if I pick up the second. No, I wouldn't either. And I was actually, I have that in my notes where this has to be re- read as a trade. Yeah. I this just don't know a- if I, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, and, and I, I'm not saying that you can't write, you can't write stuff like this. I just saying that if you do it, I wouldn't put it out as issues. No, it's a real disservice uh, because yeah. ultimately the story is very engaging in a in a lost sort of way where you don't know what the f is going on, but you're kind of excited to find out what you don't know is not going on next. And the the story pacing and delivery it, it's it's a pretty engaging story. But releasing it in 25-page increments is just a disservice to the story itself. And, yeah, I, I don't think I would have picked up the second issue. Yeah. that I mean, that being said, I thought the overall story, once once I got kind of a handle of what was going on, um, I thought it was... I thought it was missing in... Um, I thought it was missing in readable clues a little bit earlier. It really was. Uh, there were there was just it was a data dump 
in the first yeah. four issues where it just threw everything at the reader and you know there was enough of a spark there to keep you interested especially because the 1890 story and all the stories involve a detective investigating this murder and 1890 it's jack the ripper um so there's a jack the ripper vein to kind of keep the audience a little bit grounded in reality and what's happening then 1940 it's set in the uh london uh you know not the blitz uh, yeah it was called the blitz mm-hmm. um you know so there's some historical context there modern day it's about this uh muslim detective or islamic detective whatever um and all the kind of nationalism going on within london during that time so there's enough that keeps you grounded that you're interested but man the story just doesn't give the reader enough useful information yeah i felt that the that there were uh, there was a really strong idea yeah and i felt that there was and that there is a um it took me a little bit to to uh, you know every you know every detective or every person um along the way is from some sort of um uh group not accepted in society yes at the time and i'm i and i'm i'm sitting there going you know i really hope i'm i'm reading through this and i'm hoping this isn't a uh you know a really worse version of traffic oh um, yeah okay that's i'm sitting there for a while i'm like oh my god i hope that's i hope that's not where this is going uh because it felt it was getting that feeling because i wasn't getting enough something else to it wasn't getting enough else to grab onto um that i'm like okay there's something it, it leads me into there's something mystical going on eventually but i'm but all I've had to work on now is that, okay, peop, you know, people are being people are being shitty to in- immigrants in England, or people of different, uh, you know, people outside of normal what they would uh, what is it accepted society at the yeah. time in England. Yeah, eighteen ninety, the detective is gay, and apparently, what I learned from this comic is that. Male on male blowjobs were really the thing of the day in 1890 London because there is a lot of fellatio going on in this story. Somebody was waiting to somebody was waiting a long time to draw a lot of fellatio. Yeah, ton of fellatio. Um, Not saying that's a bad thing. It's just its frequency started to kind of puzzled me after a while where well because just it's just because it because one because once you've communicated that point it's yeah. not really pertinent to the story anymore exactly that that we was got, my point we, it's it's like you've communicated the point once so you just don't need to do it anymore it's not that i care whether i see you know see male fellatio in a comic it's just that okay you know okay cool you've communicated what you intended to do with this there's no there's no more actual point to it yeah because it's kind of like okay you know nothing to see here move along move along i i you've already established that but um and then the 1890 story kind of delves into some secret society illuminati type stuff and there's a common thread of an ancient painting that runs through all these stories as well. So there there are a ton of threads 
combining all of this um, action that's happening through these four time periods. But I felt like it took a couple issues too long for me to start being able to link that information. Yeah. So, and, and by the by the end, I, I think I by the end of the comic, I think I was I felt okay. I was like, oh, okay, that's what was going on. Um, some of this starts to make sense. Um, the uh, it felt a little. Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't decide for I couldn't quite decide whether I felt it was it was heavy handed or not. Yeah, and I I teetered back and forth between that as well. The you know the common thread of these being these detectives being outsiders. The eighteen ninety man was gay. The nineteen forty man was um, Jewish. Disenfranchised, the term I guess we'll be looking for. Yeah, disenfranchised. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the. 1940 was Jewish. He was a German Jew or a Polish Jew, I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's looked upon with a lot of skepticism for obvious reasons. The 2014 uh, woman is Muslim. And then the 2050, that that story's really hard to follow. It is. Because... I I, I kind of understood eventually what happened. Yeah, because they explain it near the end of issue eight. And I don't want to give it away, but her dialogue is very disjointed and weird and she doesn't understand words and there's no context given to why she speaks so oddly and why she doesn't understand what's happening, why she doesn't remember anything. And it's It's a long road. It's a long road to go to wait till the end of the last issue to, to figure it out. Yep. Um, I think the book tries too heavily to, to rely on um, sometimes how strange things are um to keep you interested mm-hmm. the uh versus actually giving you some some sort of um some sort of clue of what might be going on yeah the, i mean uh, my toehold didn't really catch until maybe issue three or four yeah um i mean it was enough to where i i i start i know i get to that point of the book where i'm like where interest is passing into um you know, determination to finish. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just kind of, so I'm just kind of like, okay. I mean, at times I go, okay, you know, part of the way through book, you know, book two, where it was, maybe it was part of book three or something. I'm like, okay, all right, I need to just keep going so I can finish it. And then, you know, around book five or six or something, I think I kind of started going, okay, well, I, I think I, I, I get the, you know, now I'm seeing something that's telling me that this is going somewhere that, you know, uh, that, that there's some thread that ties, that ties people together. Yeah. Uh, to uh, dr- it, Oh, go ahead. It's a long way to get it, it. It's, it's kind of a long way to go to keep only one thing tying them together, like, or two things tying them together. I mean, one, they're disenfranchised and two, the body. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but it's a, it's a long bunch of issues to go to uh to get there yeah and to draw a sport ball analogy um my favorite team the minnesota twins recently went through a nine game losing streak to start the season Woo! and Woo! yeah and Sweet baby streak yeah oh, no no not not, not that but kind of streak. this book felt a lot like suffering through that week and a half of watching uh them lose every game where at first you go okay i'm gonna stick with this 
then you start kind of getting confused slash frustrated that they're still losing. But you keep watching because you're you're saying to yourself, well, this is going to end at some point. And then <laughs> after the frustration boils over, it starts to turn into apathy. Like, I'm just watching this and they're just going to lose another damn game. That's kind of what happened to me in this story because I wanted to know more. Then I wasn't given more or I wasn't given it quickly enough. And then it started just teetering on apathy, and then they kind of started explaining some of the core concepts near the end. But it just there was there was a couple issues where frustration started to set in because I just wasn't given enough meat. Yeah, I think there was a I, when I read the last I reread the last few pages of the comic a few times. Yeah, um, and I realized that my reading was clinical. Yeah. <laughs> at, at a certain point, I. Um, so, you know, that thing I complain about um, anime where they won't let you kind of just figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, I felt I don't know if I at the end I was like, oh, that's what all that was for, because they're telling me that's all that was for. Um I, I just uh, I felt that there were some parts of it that could have made some of the points, um, but the but the last few pages of the book were very much, very much. Uh, uh, this Punch, is what punching happened. you in the face. Yeah, this is yeah, this is what did happened. you did you get it? Did you get it? As he's like as the writer's banging on your shoulder. Yeah, and yeah, I had already figured it out. Thanks, and I I didn't dislike the end of the book, but. It did cross into a bit of heavy-handed. Well, in case you didn't get the first 195 pages, <laughs> here's what happened. <laughs> the uh, to, to catch you up, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I don't think it was. I mean, I think it was a. I think it was a decent book. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think it drew on. I think it drew on a little of what I didn't like of traffic. Um. A little bit of it. I, th and I think it also had um, a little of what I don't like about anime. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. But but I think it was, I mean, it wasn't a bad read. No, it wasn't I mean, a bad read at all. It was, we, a, it, was, it was a decent read. I just felt that there were some things it could have done better. Yeah, there, there's one thing I want to bring up about the art, which is actually something I wrote into a story. Oh, man, probably four years ago at this time, but it's a longer story, so I haven't had time to deal with it. And it's something I've wanted to see in comics for a long time, and that is playing with reader perception of the medium. And each time period is done, I believe, by a different artist, and if not by a different artist, in a drastically different art style to give much more of a feel of that specific time period. And the 2014 book or version is told and drawn in a very traditional, like modern, yeah, traditional modern, yeah, whatever. Um, like, like an image house style, if there is such a thing. And the 1890s is scratchier with very thin line work. 
the 1940s is a, a little bit of a throwback to like Will Eisner's Shadow or Shadow. God, why do I always do that? Spirit. And then the future is just this kind of weird pencil style that's very rough. And it does a very good job of delineating both through art style and color palette each individual story. And they bring a little bit something different to the table that enhance each one of their stories. And I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I did like the way it was. It was very telling which where you were jumping to. Yep. And uh, I, I just like the feel that it brings a book where, you know, especially when you're telling disparate stories like this, having the same art style go all the way through, it's probably, you know, it, it, it creates a little bit of reader confusion when there doesn't need to be any. And, but then going with wildly different art styles, in my opinion, goes the other direction where it actually enhances the story. And I really, really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, the uh, uh, that, that was uh, I guess the you know, one thing I definitely can complain about was the presentation. Yeah, a big fan. The covers uh, were very good as well, and they were done by uh, appeared to be a variety of artists, but they were all very different and very crazy. Uh, I, I enjoyed the covers as well. Well, so uh, I mean, I, I give it a. I give a soft read it. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's it's worth it's worth the read. Yeah, if you can get uh, a good deal on it, uh, you know, and Comicsology, it popped up in a sale. It was like seven bucks. It's eight issues, two hundred pages, so that's less than a buck an issue. I absolutely, if you see it at that price, pick it up because it's an interesting experiment. No matter, you know, the the strengths or weaknesses of the story, the presentation and everything in it. Yeah, I it's worth a read. You know, it's not a fantastic book. It's it has its flaws, but overall, I was not. It, least of all, it's a book that attempts that does try to swing for the fences. It does. It tries real hard, and in some ways, it succeeds. Uh, unfortunately, just a little too often misses the mark, and it's a weak pop up. Yeah. So, working another so, uh, baseball analogy there. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh... Or either that, or uh, you know, swing for the fences. I could be, I could be referencing signs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh, the classic story of alien invasion, where they invade a planet that is seventy percent water, and can't go near water. Oh my God! How did that movie get made? Anyway. Uh huh. They thought they saw dollar signs. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And the cast they wasted on that film. Mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. Mel Gibson. Um, yeah. Whew. Hollywood yeah, execs so, are rad. So, but at least I got to I got to find a way to work that reference. Yeah, that was a really good podcast. reference for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was I I, I tried hard for that. So yeah. Check out Bodies uh, if you find it, uh, you know, in a used bin or, you know, cheap on Comixology. It should be our qualification. Yeah. You know, buy right now. Buy on sale. Yeah. Um, uh, read if you read if you hate yourself and, <laughs> you know. And burn yeah, upon site. Burn upon site, but do not pay for in any way you <laughs> yes. possibly can. Uh, we actually might. The, 
have to implement something like that. Yeah, we we need a better rating system. Yeah, they, yeah, they uh, they're, they're another rating is rip somebody rip out of somebody's hands if you see them reading <laughs> <Yes>. it. Yes, <laughs> stomp it stomp it on the ground. The uh, then you, you'd say you're welcome, and then walk. Yep. So TV shows, I you know the interesting thing is that we were so excited for almost every TV show that was popping up a few years back. But now so many have popped up that superhero or comics related television has reached a saturation point. And unless you have way too much free time on your hands, you can't possibly keep up with them all. So I thought we'd run through some of the shows that we're watching and not watching and just kind of get a read on how that saturation point is affecting our viewing habits. I mean, we're, we're both watching Daredevil, Jessica Jones, anything coming up from Netflix and Marvel. That, yeah. Those are givens for me. That they, they haven't, they've, uh, they've shown that, that uh, there's something for us to be excited about long ways up. You know, I, I, I don't care. I don't care right now if they they do a Netflix show about a, a shit demon that only appears in one comic. For some reason, I'm going to want to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be engaging. And yeah. yeah, same here. But there's a lot of DC stuff as in particular. Uh, there is Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow. Gotham, uh, Flash. That's what I'm coming up with off the top of my head. Um, yeah, that's are you watching? Right. You watching any of the DC stuff? Fuck all. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. Um, I, I, it, it's not all of them. Not, not, not any of them. It's not because I, I think I watched a little bit of Flash, and mm-hmm. um, I think it felt a little too cw for me um how far did you make it into it uh like about three episodes uh yeah i had the same problem uh it Uh, gets a lot better later yeah it was tough for me to get into i just the um you know one thing about picking actors for shows when almost the entire actor base is like 22 years old 22 years old it takes me out of it a little bit. It is a bit frustrating where there are all these accomplished scientists and they're brilliant and genius and all these things. And they're all 23. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they're all 23. They're all 23 year old models. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, just toss in a little flavor, a little spice in there. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's mix things up a little bit. I mean, I like, um, you know, another comic, uh, you know, the comic book show that, well, you know, kind of not really directly much based on the comic book, but loosely based on the comic book was uh, Watch Eye Zombie. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Which which is also which is a CW show. Yeah, which is oh boy, only the loosest resemblance to the sh- to the comic. No, it's very loose, but it's actually really good. Yeah, uh, it's, they, a good, it's a good show. It's not surprising. It's done by Rob Thomas, who. Uh, uh, wrote and was the show head for Veronica Mars. And it, it very much has a Veronica Mars feel 
which is both good and bad. It's good because Veronica Mars was pretty good. It's bad because iZombie wasn't really Veronica Mars. But, but that's the only reason. That's the only reason why it's bad. Then the, the yeah. everything else, the show is good. Oh, the show I is enjoyable. The 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 best thing about this is though. Um, have you been watching? Uh, no, I think I made it through most of the first season and then dropped off. Oh, we we're still watching, so we, we we're uh, we're caught up. Oh, okay. Um, there is a great joke to be made. There was a great joke that they made. Um, so Rob Thomas, the writer and Rob Thomas, the musician, the musician are not the same people. No. And that was a running joke throughout V Mars as well. Well, they make that joke into, into this too. Oh yeah. Because it's a joke that just keeps on giving. And it really what happens, what happens is wonderful. It's beautiful. So. Oh, please tell me Rob Thomas shows up. He does. Yes! Rad! I love it. <laughs> I've been waiting for that to happen forever since V-Bars is on. That's that's great. Love yes, it. He, yeah, he shows up. It's it's magical. Um, it's, actually, it's actually a really good show. It is um, a good show. It is a good show. I'm not knocking so, it all. Just... So anyway, that's that's one of the... that's So on network TV, it's the only comic book show I watch. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I love the fact that they started with Arrow, but Arrow became too coincidental later on, and it started... He's trapped on this island for five years, uh, Ollie North, and... Ollie North. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You know what? That's his new name. He is now Ollie North. Um, Oh boy, I just dated myself there. Yeah, but, because because you know you're the only one laughing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm laughing a little bit on the inside. But there was a yeah, I, I would have been laughing harder if there wasn't a part of my brain that wasn't trying to reconcile exactly whether what what you said was a joke, something that you misspoke, or something that actually was in the show. No, no, it's uh just me misspeaking. Ollie Queen, um, Ollie Queen. <laughs> is his name. Uh he's trapped on this island for five years and he gets off the island and comes home and becomes arrow and that's essentially the beginning of the first season and then they do flashbacks to the island but then they keep doing flashbacks to the island for four more seasons and you realize that much like the lost island this mystery hidden island everyone visited it (laughs) And so it just kind of starts breaking and it becomes repetitive. And I stopped watching the show partway through the current season just because I lost interest. And But thankfully, Flash became much better after, you know, I had stumbled through five, six, eight episodes in the first season. That's probably my favorite DC property that's on right now. I watched a few episodes of Gotham and never again. Just <laughs> never again. Legends of Tomorrow, I haven't even given a shot because I just can't handle another show that I, from the outside, I just simply don't care about. The, uh, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I, I, I've figured that I'm, I'm saving a lot of those shows. Like, I'm saving Flash for, you know, when one of the flu shots I take doesn't have, uh, you know, doesn't have the right strain in it. Oh, that'd and be I perfect. 
and I happen to be knocked out for four days. That would be the, perfect uh, use of the flash. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I used to use, I used to watch anime for that reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd watch like a bad, not bad, but you know, like a like a you know, okay, decent series of uh, anime, you know, because I was just sick. Was yeah, like all right, well, I'll just take a the, uh, I'll just lie down. And this will make me not not uh, realize how miserable I am right now. Yep. The uh, so yeah. Unfortunately, the flu shot has been really good the last few years. <laughs> so I have not caught one. I have not caught one in like two years. Nice. So. And I watched about eight episodes of Supergirl. It's actually really good and really fun. Is it? Yeah, I, I, I actually I, really I enjoy it, hear, but I, I just can't really care about it. I kept hearing it was good, and I kept saying, "I really should. I should make an effort to watch this." Um, the uh, and then, you know, <laughs> and I guess I should feel worse. But we watch we watch a lot of other silly shows that I I, I can't say that we have the. Uh, it's fair to say that we could pass up on this these shows for some of what we watch, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, we're only human, and we like to watch silly shows too. Yeah, uh, Supergirl's a lot of fun. It just, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, uh, Melissa Benoit, Benoit, whatever her name is, is uh, very, she's great, charming, adorable as Supergirl. Made you gun-shy, didn't I? Now you're, now you're not so quick to assume that everybody's last name is French, huh? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, the Gail <laughs> Gadot, or Gadot, or I, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. Anyway, but... Uh, it is, it's an enjoyable, fun show. I just haven't looped back around to it, which I will do probably when I have a bunch of extra time and nothing better to watch. Unfortunately, Marvel hasn't been killing it on ABC. Agent Carter was fun, but again, it, it same as Supergirl. When I watched it, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't enjoyable enough for me to come back and watch it more. Agents, agent, uh, agents of Shield, ah, leave it. I just find the show incredibly boring. Just yeah, don't I, care. Yeah, I, I have not watched a single episode. So I, I can't say anything. All, all I've heard is, all I've heard is it hasn't done so well. Um, is it, it kind of trailed off? It did, like it did well initially, and then that's kind of trailed off. And it, really, it's it's the DC, it's the DC comic book shows that are really uh, yeah. Agents well. of Shield hit a water uh, hit their its high water mark when Winter Soldier came out, and the entire show pivoted because Hydra took over Shield, and it happened day and date the same with Winter Soldier and the show, which mm. I thought was genius, and the show became. A lot of fun for a while, but then that wore off and nothing nothing followed it that was interesting enough to keep me watching. It seems like the what, what's missing is that the DC shows are the actual, on TV, are the actual superhero yes. shows. So they're not, they're not just like ancillary or the, uh, or... Um, you know, cameo driven for those sort of things. It is their actual shows. Um, so you know, The Flash. I mean, you know, Supergirl. Those are those are uh, those are know, legit point, superheroes. You know, legit superheroes with you know, act, with, with actual abilities that require you to do special effects. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
it sounds to me like Marvel's hesitant to do it because they seem to save their big superheroes for the cinematic universe or Netflix. Yeah. Or Netflix. Well, see Netflix, they see Netflix is where they send the, um, like it, it seems to be like the rough and tumble characters. Yeah. The street level heroes. Yeah. Street level heroes, which is fine. But I mean, they have to have some, they have to have some characters that they could, that they can move. It, you know, it, funny enough, it's almost like the uh, they don't have access to it because Fox has it, but but they should almost work with Fox to do a uh, a TV show with some of the X Men uh, brands, the X Men Splinters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the X Universe would work really well in TV because there's so many characters and almost unlimited directions you can go with it. Yeah, and it allows you to do something fantastic on TV. And yeah, and you wouldn't run out of source material. Yeah, and you're not doing it now. You're, I mean, they they be hesitant. You know, if they were doing what CW was doing before they did, you know, Iron Man. Iron Man would have been on TV or something because he was like mm-hmm. a, a he was not a, a top tier superhero for them. Yeah, at the time, um, but now they see now they're looking at all their superhero stable and going, oh, you know, this one, you know. People don't care too much about them now, but polish them up in a movie, and people will care. Yeah. So, it's it's kind of, I guess they they put themselves in a different position that they, um, you know, where DC is like, whereas DC is like, ah, fuck it, we'll just have we'll just have these exist in different places, um, which I'm sure is great for maybe the TV world, but the uh, their the, their movie world is the one where they need the most help. Yeah. Um, yes, they do. It's almost like they could. It would have been better off if they had figured out some way to tie their their TV world to the uh, to their movie world. Mm-hmm. The like work from the TV world. Yep. Um, the uh, and then they could have polished up from there. Um, but the uh, but they didn't want to do it that way. So. They wanted to. They want to keep them decidedly separate. Yeah. Um, so one one is where people smile, and the other one is where people Grimace. people kill murder people who smile. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we could keep talking about TV. For, I mean, that's kind of the point is that the saturation point has been reached because we could keep talking about this for an hour. Yeah. And. I just can't keep up with it anymore, and I have no desire to keep up with a lot of it. Yep, it's uh, there's a lot out there. There's stuff I wish I was watching, um, and maybe I'll get around to watching eventually. Um, but uh, there is just an awful lot, and uh, there's a lot of other good TV going on that's not superheroes. Absolutely. So the uh, not that I'm watching a lot of that either. Uh, you know, when I watch a cooking competition show, I, I have to say, "Yep, I'm watching a cooking competition show," um, and I'm enjoying it. So fuck off. Um, but yeah, at that same time, I could be watching a you know a really well scripted show. Yeah. So, um, want to run through the mire? Let's go for it. Okay, the mire. On the eve of a great battle, a humble squire is tasked with delivering a letter to a seemingly abandoned castle at the heart of an ill-famed swamp. Met with mysterious apparitions on the way, he slowly unveils the truth behind his journey as his past is rewritten over the course of the story. Written, drawn, and everything by Becky Cloonan. 
So this is another uh, one shot from uh, Becky Cloonan. We did uh, Demeter or Demeter. I'm not sure how to pronounce that either. Uh, so man, what early and early in the podcast run. And this oh, is yeah. another 25 to 30 page standalone story. And while Nick and I were a bit confused and didn't really care for Demeter in a lot of ways, uh, I liked this quite a bit more. I thought it was very clearly a standalone story, which uh, the first book we read, it wasn't quite so clear. Mm -hmm. And it was short, sweet, a little bit mind-bending, and it did exactly what a good 25 to 30 page story is going to do it 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 sunk you into the world it got you invested in a character and then it got you out real fast yeah i mean i could have done with a bit more um but uh i mean sure. i thought it, it was a it, i thought it was a a a, a good short little uh, short story um yeah, this story easily could have been 50 pages. Yeah, it could have been. And I, um, I would have enjoyed it equally as much, if not more, at that length. Yeah, I, 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 in, in reading it, I, I, I think I, I read it a bit too fast the first time. So did um, I. I had to go back and reread it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I find that I don't have as much to, really that much to say about it. Um, the... Uh, I mean, it had a a fun visual. Um, it was a fun visual journey, mm -hmm. and then I think I, I think the story kind of takes me a bit to to kind of pick up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The story is basically this squire who's it's on the eve of a battle, and his knight that he's squiring for sends him off to uh, deliver a letter to a faraway castle. And in between the battlefield and the castle is this mire that's haunted and all these sorts of things. Think, you know, the, the forest from The Hobbit. And the squire is, you know, not afraid, but he doesn't want to leave because he wants to be there for his night and the battle. But the knight sends him away for a very specific reason, and the squire reaches the castle, and it's empty. And then the story is kind of unveiled from there. And the story kind of rewrites time in a very mm. weird way, which is why I had to reread re it. But I, I thought it delivered on most fronts that, you know, a story of this length can, and I absolutely recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. Black and white art. Typical, if you're familiar with Becky Cloonan, um, typical of her art style. It's it's just a lovely little book, in my opinion. I agree with you. <laughs> well then, yeah. I'm not, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm kind of short on uh, short on words for it. It's hard to describe because it's so short. You don't want to give away what happens. That's kind of the crux of the story. And yeah, it's you know. It's 25 pages. It's going to take you 10 minutes to read, maybe 20 because you have to reread it. But you're going to enjoy it, I think. So yeah. I, I definitely recommend reading it. I it's liked it a lot better. And it's 99 cents. Like it's 99 cents. 
Go read it. Came out in yeah. 2012 or so. She did two or three of these standalone stories. And yeah, I like this one a lot better than the first one we read. Big fan. Yeah. And she writes, uh, she has interesting eyes on her characters. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of, I, it reminds heavy me. Out, heavy outline on the, uh, um, on the Irish. Yeah. It, her art style yeah, reminds I, me a bit of Darwin Cook. Man, I feel like I'm going into stupid in the last half of the podcast. Stupid, I'm. Um... Yeah, I feel. I, I feel. I just feel like the each word coming out of my mouth is dumber than the last. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should just call it a day on this. But yeah, definitely <laughs> uh, pick up the Meyer. Uh, just ninety nine cents on Comicsology. Absolutely worth your time, and worth the dollar seven or whatever with tax. Definitely, definitely good driver. Very good driver. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I, I mean, I felt like it was only going to be me, yeah. um, and I'm glad that you picked up the baton could, and yeah. ran with it. I sure so, did. Uh, More like stumbled uh, with it, but yeah, I an attempt was made. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I, uh, I feel slightly less stupid. <laughs> okay, so you want to get out of here? Yeah, let's uh, let's go. Yeah, Maybe. let's let's uh, you know get offline and lick our wounds. Yes. So uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with more books. I don't have the list in front of me, but we actually plotted out like two months of stuff. So whatever. You'll find you'll find us in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at schlockworks.com where you can view our podcast archives or check in on some of our other projects. Or you can drop by iTunes or Stitcher and give us a review. That's all we have for today. I'm Brock Beauchamp. I'm Nick Hempsing. Thank you, everybody. We'll